Hello, and welcome to Tales from the Sisterhood, where we amplify conversations that matter. I'm Melanie Williams. And I am Joanne Schaub. And today we are doing a follow-up podcast from our Anchor and Open podcast that we did before the holiday season. So this is our anchoring check-in. Yes. And one of my favorite anchors during this whole time was connecting to my breath because it's the easiest. It's right here. So let's go ahead and take a moment to get connected with ourselves. And no matter what you're doing right now, you can connect with your breath. That's It's so easy to do. So let's go ahead and everyone exhale where you are. Just let it all out. And then we'll take a nice inhale together. And really let it out. We'll do another one. Inhaling and let it out again. That's one of the things as a yoga teacher that's incorporated into our studies and into the yoga practice is breath work. So having that like intentional exhale, really like pushing it out and and releasing all of that air is very clearing. It detoxifies your body and it just feels really good. So that's something um, to pass along there from my yoga training. Uh, so let's get to uh, tonight's or today's podcast and do our anchoring check-in. So just to recap, um, I spent 11 days traveling for the holidays. So we went to my family's in Ohio and Dan's in New York, which is Buffalo area. Everyone thinks New York City because New York, right? But it's not. It's in the country in uh, outside Buffalo, New York. So that was a lot of driving. We put on like 2,000 miles. And, you know, it was a lot of nighttime driving. And that's kind of the overall of what I did over the holidays. Uh, Melanie, you want to share kind of what you had going on? Sure. Well, we spent um, Christmas here and uh, went over to a friend's house Christmas Eve, no, Christmas evening. And um, then we left on Wednesday and drove to Chris's parents and we're all in Rocky Mount. We live in, or we live in North Carolina. My, my in-laws live in Rocky Mount and my parents live in Durham. So all of my family is in North Carolina. So that's nice. But um, it's still it was quite a drive. It, it is quite yeah. a drive. It was five, five yeah. to six hours to Chris's parents' house. And then from his parents' house, it's about two hours to my, my family's. So we went to Rocky Mount the day after Christmas and we were there until Friday and to my parents on Friday and got there in time to do a second Christmas Eve and nice. stayed with my parents Friday night, Saturday, had Christmas at their house and then Sunday. And so um, this is the first year in as, probably since Chris and I got together where we actually did Christmases with each family. Chris's sister's kids decided not to celebrate Christmas with their grandparents and to wait for us to come into town to do that. And then my siblings and their kids all did the same with my parents. So when we came in, they were, 
yeah, so each of our families had our independent Christmas but then our group Christmas was shared, which normally because we're out of town and coming in at a strange time, everybody else has already celebrated Christmas together. Right. Um, so that was that was really special and really fun. It definitely we live a pretty mellow life, and at my parents' house, um, my brother and his two daughters, and then my sister and her daughter. And then my husband and I and our two kids all stayed at my parents' house. And then my sister who lives in town came to visit with her kids and her husband. So we were, we were full of humanity in that house. Right. That was lots of bodies, lots of bodies, lots of energy. And yes. uh, so it was, it was, it was fun and the weather was nice. So we were able to get out and walk around the neighborhood. That always makes a difference when you're not uh, stuck inside with a lot of people. Yeah chomping at the bit and everything. So we had a, we had a really full time and then we were back here by the night before New Year's Eve. And Chris's sister actually came up and stayed at our house while we were still in Durham. So when we got home, she and her husband were here. So. Oh, wow. You had lots of family time. Family immersion for sure. But me too. Right. And so the anchor that I took into the holidays was true deep connection. And I wanted that for myself. Like I was looking to truly deeply connect with others and I wanted them to experience the same with me. So it was what I wanted to give and it was what I wanted to receive. And I also wanted that connection with myself because Mm -hmm. I can get out of whack if I don't remind myself and, and stay in tune to where I am emotionally, mentally. Um, so what, what was your anchor? You know, mine, um, it's, I, I am so big into connection. You know, I like, that is one of the most fulfilling things to me is connecting with people. And so love and connection were my anchor. And then I'm not sure exactly when I added mm-hmm. one more thing to it. I can't remember when, but I realized I needed to add nourishing myself. Mm-hmm. So in holiday seasons past and in my life in general, I've had this tendency to overindulge and and just walk away from my travel time to my family, whether it was around a holiday or not, just walk away feeling not so proud of myself because I I didn't stay true to what I wanted to be and do and all of that. So somewhere along the way in the beginning, I added, you know, nourishing myself and yeah. So loving, being, being, um, love connection and then nourishing myself. Okay. I remember you sending me a message about adding nourishing yourself. And it seems like it was after you got to your first location, maybe (laughs) after, after the travel and everything. Right. Like I, when I realized like, Oh shoot, this is what I need to add to my list, you know? Yeah. But but I'm sure we had, I was going to say we had that, um, you know, on our anchoring, um, podcast, episode, we actually went through, you know, what practices we could turn to when we were feeling, you know, out of alignment with 
that anchor. Right. And um, you had asked the question to me today, what anchoring practices did I use? And so I went back to that list because I didn't take the list with me. And I was like, well, what did I use? (laughs) What was I doing? And um, I actually did some things that I I didn't think that I would do. Like you had said um, before we got on the podcast, maybe these practices help you in your real life. But when you go to your in-laws or your parents, all of a sudden that doesn't work for you. It's not working in that environment. So um, a couple things that I I did were um, reading a book. Actually, I, I listened to an audio book and it was it was so fulfilling to me because I listened to this book called Zero Limits and it, it went into depth about this technique called Ho'oponopono. And now I'm like hot on the trail of Ho'oponopono. <laughs> and that's I like am... Let's just take a minute and slow down and say that <laughs> technique because yeah. when you said it to me, I was like, is you know, like, soon time? Right? What did you say? Yeah, I know. It's like ho a pono pono and it's a hawaiian Hawaiian, philosophy yeah it means to make right to make perfect so basically to come back to your center to come back to the divine that's what it means um so anyway i picked up this book from a friend's sharing it with me and i listened to that and that was so fulfilling and then i did lots of connecting to my heart center just lots of connecting. And I didn't have this as one of the anchoring points, but I did a lot of talking to myself. I did a lot of just like reminding myself of my anchor. Oh yeah. Love Mm -hmm. and connect and nourish myself. Oh yeah. Like just a reminder, you know, a kind of a self-talk thing. I diffuse essential oils like crazy because before we had left to go to or on our trip, um, we had been around someone who was under the weather. So I was like, oh my goodness, we need to like put out some thieves and eucalyptus and purification. And like everywhere we went, I was like, okay, kids, you know, we're gonna, because, you know, traveling, it is taxing on the body. So to not be optimal is, is just not ideal. I went to two yoga classes, which were amazing. I did some, a, cap, a couple times I did some tapping and I actually ate well, Melanie. Oh my gosh. I ate well. I took care of myself. You know, I had, we had Melanie and I along this journey, we had done some check-ins on our WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. We are, we have developed this amazing friendship over WhatsApp because both of us have been committed to voice messaging each other and sharing like what's going on. So throughout this whole time, I'm like WhatsApping like crazy. I'm like giving Melanie like the play by plays almost. But um, I don't think it was that bad. I was like every other day or something, but no, but it definitely, it it was, and that was one of our anchor practices. So the WhatsApp is, WhatsApp is a, a, an app that you, can download on your phone and I actually have it installed on my computer as well where you can send oh nice so Joanne has uh Android yeah. phone and I have um I have an iPhone so we can't leave long voice messages for each other uh, across those platforms so we use this app uh, which is also nice because it's a separate space 
when I yeah, go in, when right? I'm texting in my texting, you know, my iMessage, it feels it feels like a productivity type thing. Whereas when I slip into WhatsApp, it feels more, I've, I've joked to Joanne that it's like my therapy because I'll I get on know. there and I'll just leave. Sometimes the message is a minute, sometimes it's 10 minutes and you can be doing something else at the same time. So we both used that platform throughout our visit to, just to process. Yeah. Also, to share what we were succeeding with. And we both had moments of realization where we were, we, we would say something and then we'd go, Oh, I, I didn't realize I was feeling that way. I need to go, you know, take some time by myself or I need to eat something healthier or something like that. So that it, it was like a, I'm a verbal processor and you are too. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. process by writing. Yeah. So I'm sure we were both journaling throughout yeah. the um, experience. So yeah, that was definitely one of my anchoring. One thing I was going to say to um, having that ability to talk to you, even though it was, it was a, it's a voice message, but I, right. I feel like I'm still talking to you when I leave the message, you know, mm-hmm. So having that tool to um, use, it actually made me more committed to same my here. anchor. Yeah, it was just here. like crazy. Yeah. I had this check-in was making me remember it, stay mm-hmm. connected to it, mm-hmm. and follow through with it. Yeah, because I've I love accountability because I am the first one giving myself a break. Day one, commitment going strong. Day two, what commitment? You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so if I tell somebody and then I like did check-ins with it, right. it was very empowering. So I have to say yeah. thank you for that. And then yes, also that you. that was something that I didn't realize I would lean on as much right. as I did, you know? I think, I think that it is very empowering to be able to celebrate yourself in the moment, to be able to send a message. And like you sent me one message and you were telling me about this cauliflower crust that you were making. And yeah. I could hear how, how much you were enjoying what you were doing. And, yeah. and it motivated me. I was like, Ooh, I want to do something to, to get myself to my true deep connection. If I did something that was anchoring and I turned to my daughter or my mother-in-law and I said, Ooh, anchoring success, they kind of, <laughs> what? But, but being able to hop in and send you a message and celebrate in the moment. And then I know of course that you're going to celebrate with me. So that's, that's the sisterhood aspect of. I could just see you turning to your mother-in-law and be like, Oh my God, I'm so connected right now. <laughs> So what were your main practices that you went to? Well, one of the things that I, that I did before going was set very clear expectations around sleeping spaces and making sure that every member of my family would have a dedicated space to sleep and rest Yeah. before I agreed to the visit. So that was really important to me. And, and our families were very supportive to the point where my parents actually brought their camper into their driveway and gave Chris and I 
their bedroom in order to make it so that because you know I know that that sleep is very important to us and it's also important for my ability to make the connections that I wanted to make yeah. for me to be rested. So uh, that was something that I set up ahead of time. Something that I've been practicing f- since August has been a-, a different relationship with food as far as waiting for my body to wake up to right. eat and give myself a cue that I'm hungry. So I always start the day with a large, at least one large glass of water and hydrate, hydrate. And then I have my bulletproof coffee and then I wait until I'm signaled that it's time to eat. And I, and I continued that practice while I was away. Uh, And that was really important for me because the way that I eat and what I especially want to break my fast with is high nutrient, fresh vegetables, you know, quality protein. And what I would have been offered to break my fast was biscuits and gravy and, and things that might have been enjoyable for the flavor, but my body does not respond well to that. Mm -hmm. I, I have a very low threshold for certain foods and then to be in a space mentally, emotionally, physically, where I can be making the connections that I wanted to make when I'm not nourishing myself would have been really challenging. So staying, staying the course with, with that was really good for me and just put me in a better place to, to have the energy that I wanted to have. And then, um, I did yoga at my mother-in-law's house. We walked around the neighborhood at both Chris's parents and my parents' house. And at my parents' house, we walked around the neighborhood with five of my nieces, my brother, my sister, and my dad. So we were a full on posse. (laughs) (laughs) And that that was really, and Chris, my husband as well, um, went and that was really, we've never done that before. Mm -hmm. And my anchoring intention got me out of the house and, and even pushed and it through. got them out too. Yes. And you know, when they first say, do y'all want to go for a walk? And everybody kind of looks at you like, what, you know, you, you just, I just kept pushing through it. So walking was definitely a big thing. My, my reminder to anchor, like just right. taking the moment going, you know, when you have a moment to zone out or whatever, realizing this is a short time frame where I have all of these people that are so important to me in the same space. Is there something that I could be doing to achieve true deep connection? And then also several times throughout both visits, I just went back in a bedroom by myself and shut the door and just laid down for a minute or read something, just took some time for myself. Didn't feel like I needed to make any excuses, just a breather so that I could come back out and be energized once again. And then the other thing that I did uh, was play. I played games with my nieces and nephews. I played uh, that I made up this game on the spot. My brother's daughters are uh, young, they're elementary age. And so they're still super playful. And so I made up this game that we called monster tag where they would hide and I would come growling around the house (laughs) <laughs> trying to track them down. So there was the whole element that they were hiding, but at the same time they were like, ah, there's a monster. And so then I would, 
when I would catch them, then they would be monsters. And so all of the adults that weren't playing were subjected to the growling of <laughs> me and a right. pack of children. <laughs> wow. But I have, I have not seen a lot of my brother's kids and I wanted to connect with them. I wanted them to get to know me. And with a small child, that's not easy to do in a short amount of time unless you're willing to play. Yeah, you're right. And so mm -hmm. I did. I, I got up, you know, all the adults are sitting in the front room having coffee and chatting and I'm running around the house growling around. like a monster. <laughs> but, it, but it was, I had already figured out who I needed to build connection with. Oh, there were people in my family who I have more of a connection with than my youngest nieces. And I really wanted to catch them in that moment. So those were, That's those were the sweet. things. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was really fun. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Way more fun so than talking. What, what became of all this? Like what became of all this anchoring and all this connection and all that? What, what kind of results do you think that you experienced? I was surprised by my experiences because in my dynamic with my family, because of things that have gone on personally and health related things and just lifestyle busyness, um, my Chris and I and our kids have not participated a lot with our extended family over the last several years. Right. And I kind of, I experienced it from my, I experienced my absence from my side. Mm -hmm. But when I went into this holiday season and stayed fully present in my interactions, I was surprised to hear from many of our relatives how much they have missed us. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So I don't think, I feel like the, the anchor and the commitment to my anchor that kept, it made me put myself out there more than I would have. I, I was, by reaching out to connect and, you know, offering connection and seeking connection, I made myself vulnerable. Right. And there were moments where that was uncomfortable for me, mm -hmm. but what I got back was vulnerability from others. You know, when I played with my nieces so much and they've always been a little bit standoffish to me, uh, Mackenzie and Stephanie, my youngest nieces, when they were going to bed, they both just came and ran and wrapped their arms around me. And oh. it was the kind of hug that lasted a long time and I could just feel their little bodies, you know, them breathing oh. up against me. And I, I knew I'd succeeded in that moment. So that was, mm -hmm. was that was beautiful. And then uh, to hear and, and con to connect with one of my nieces is a senior in high school. So she's going to be going off to college and moving on with her life. And I, I feel like I captured moments with her that if I hadn't had the anchor, I wouldn't have. And I was really pleased because she has her own life. She has a very serious boyfriend and lots of fun things going on. And every chance she could, she was there with us. 
Oh, we I love bowling. it. Yeah. So I was very surprised. I went into this having a goal for myself of something that I could achieve just thinking about my own experience. But what right. I didn't think about was how other people would be impacted by it and then how they would reciprocate, which then mm-hmm. heightened my experience to a level of connection that I, that I don't think I've ever had with our families. So it set us up for a beautiful dynamic in the future. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So what about you? What were your results? For me, you know, I felt like I was just a lot more in tune with myself. I felt a lot more connected to myself and it's interesting because the dynamic was different at each set of in-law or parents' houses. You know, Dan's mom, she's by herself now. Dan's dad has passed away a year and a half ago. So it was, you know, just us and her. And then two of her other sons came and for me, that connection, that feeling of family and connection and, oh, it's Christmas and it's wonderful. It wasn't there. And so because I was committed to nurturing myself and feeling that connection, I really brought the Christmas spirit and I played Christmas music. I sang in the kitchen. I literally spent three hours making Parmesan cauliflower crusted pizza. (laughs) I spent three hours making this thing, right? And um, I went to great lengths, I guess, to make connections with everyone and to have that kind of family community feeling. And it didn't happen on the other end. Mm. And I think his brothers, they don't have families. So I think it's, I think it's different for them. Also their father's birthday is December 25th. So he Mm. would have been 70 this year in 2018. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them inside. Right. Um, So all I could do was all I had control over control over was me, obviously. And so I just realized I want to have fun. I want to be in the Christmas spirit and that kind of thing. So um, I really felt just a lot more connected to myself. And I guess one of the surprises in this whole journey was how tough it actually was to stay connected to Mm -hmm. my anchor because ideally that anchor sounded so great and it sounded pretty simple but in the moments of driving five and a half six hours six and a half hours on four different occasions I think it was with two little kids you know it it, it wasn't the ideal family holiday it was not not the national lampoon or anything <laughs> like that but <laughs> it didn't get that crazy. Yeah. I just found it tough to stay in my intention because I don't know if any of you have lived with a three-year-old, 
or my three-year-old, but I, I feel like, I feel like it's an emotional ride just like in my everyday life. And so then to put us out mm-hmm. in different environments and then yeah. people having expectations of my kids to mm-hmm. say, thank you, please, when yes. told to and right and hug, hug their aunt they've never uh, met. Like that. Say yeah. goodbye. Say yeah. hello. Do this. Do that. Anyway. <laughs> like you're a robot. Um, <laughs> I just found it to be a lot tougher than, mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. But also, I will say in general, life brushing up against other people isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. So it's that's just life. And yes. again, yes. coming back to what we have control over, and that is what our intention is yes. to have some power around, okay, it's my choice to feel love. It's my choice to feel connected. It's my choice to nourish myself or to not. And I feel like overall, I kicked butt. <laughs> I, it's definitely sounded like you kicked butt. And I, I identify with that. Of course, my kids are older, but I do, when you were talking about the traveling and in one house and out and, and setting, settling in here and then up and moving yeah. to somewhere else and the, sleeping in different places. That was extremely hard for my kids. And it was hard on me as well, because you bring, especially if you're in a dynamic, like what it sounds like where you're bringing the only small children into the mix Pretty much. Yeah. And then everybody's watching your kids and you feel judgment and you feel protective, but at the same time, you're like, just be good, just be good. And then they're getting stuffed full of candy. And it, it really does feel like the perfect storm. I I don't have that dynamic because my kids are older, uh, but I rub it in. (laughs) I miss the snuggles, but I, I, I do have to pay attention to when we go into an environment where, for example, video gaming has different boundaries or a total lack of boundaries and knowing sometimes when you set a limit for your child, as far as what they're going to eat, or Mm -hmm. you feel other people react to your choice with your child. If you go into an environment where donuts are eaten at 11 o'clock at night. And that is not happening in my world. It's like, why can't you just lighten up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then your kid's looking at you going, but they're having donuts at 11 o'clock at night. And, and so it's just a level of pressure it is. that you don't experience within your normal life. Exactly. I've got a bubble right going on over here. <laughs> yes. I love my bubble. Yes. I, I was so, I was ready to get home to my bubble. What I did find, so intentions are a hot word and they've been a hot, it's a hot concept and it has been for a while. For me, reframing the idea of an intention as an anchor, I don't know if it's just semantics, but it felt more practical and it felt more concrete. Like I loved the idea that whenever I felt out of sorts, I could grab on to what it was that I, that I wanted. And I also definitely do better when I have a, a single thing that I'm trying to achieve Mm -hmm. in a vacuum. 
So just being like, okay, all I need to succeed with is true deep connection. All I need to do is succeed with true deep connection. I don't have to talk about eating healthy or homeschooling or, and if somebody asked me a question and I thought, is my answer going to build true deep connection or not? Then I would respond differently than I might've otherwise. So that it just gave me clarity. Like it helped me make decisions more simply. Right. And I feel like that was really awesome to have that laser focus. And it's something that I'm taking into the new year in the capacity of the anchor more than the intention. And you know what I think about too, with the word intention and the word anchor, there's, there's like a, a grounding type feeling with the word anchor. And there's, there's also that visual, like Mm -hmm. I can visualize an anchor. Like as soon as you say anchor, that's what comes to my head. But if Mm -hmm. I say intention, that's just the concept where an anchor is an actual thing that does hold something still for the most part. Right. Yeah. So I, I liked it too. I agree when I hear the word intention, though, it's often said to me like in a yoga class or at the beginning of some kind of mindfulness practice, I also go back to like, it seems too fluid to me now that I've used the concept of anchoring. Uh, For example, if, if I'm in some kind of a conflict with my husband and I say to him, well, what was your intention in what you said? He can interpret something a different way than I can interpret it. If I have an anchor or I have an intention, it seems up in the air. It seems nebulous. Whereas an anchor, it's a commitment in my mind. Like, whew, well, I can't drag that (laughs) this way with me and change it because I've anchored it and I'm clinging to it. So I do, I do like that language and I prefer it in my own practice to intention personally. And then I'm doing taking it into the new year, I'm doing the 30 days of yoga with Adrian from, she's on YouTube, yoga with Adrian. And she asked us to set an intention the other day and to start the month practice. And I didn't have an intention. Nothing was coming to me, which was kind of strange. And then we started our flow and she said, root to rise when we went into mountain pose. And I knew immediately that that was my anchor, that in this season of my life right now, moving into the new year, 2019, I need to actively root myself, to actually put energy behind rooting myself, rooting myself in the community I need, in the activities that I need, like yoga, mindfulness, journaling. I've started keeping morning pages again. Um, I'm back to clarity around how I start my day as far as my first food choices. I had slipped into a pattern for the last couple of weeks of having for my first meal, some kind of sourdough bread and eggs, which I love that combination, but Mm -hmm. my body does not react well to that. I'm not, I'm not someone who is going to have a great reaction and high energy level from eating bread every day. So I've, I've refocused that. So my goal is to put all of these rooting practices into place on my, in the daily 
of my life so that I am able to rise to my purpose so that I have the mental focus, the emotional clarity, the physical energy to do what I need to do in my life, to get my message out there, to share my experiences. Ditto. (laughs) Seriously. Okay. First of all, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Happy new year. 2019. Uh, but seriously, like when you were saying all of that, I just resonated so deeply with all of that. And I, I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not other women that are listening resonate with that because I feel like the more we are rooted in to ourselves, we're connected to ourselves, the more we're, we're able to like give our gifts. And I just like the way you said it. It's a different way. And you have a way with saying things in a unique way that I personally have never heard before. And I love it. (laughs) I love listening to you. It would be such a dream for me for this to be a ripple that so many of us are blossoming into because I remember hearing my whole life these little jokes about how women can't make up their mind. And then after I had my daughter, I realized the reason most women have trouble making up their mind is because we don't think about ourselves. We're thinking about our children, our husband, our mothers, our mother-in-laws, our fathers, our neighbors, what everybody needs from us. And Mm That, while it sounds so giving, it's really just martyrdom. It is. We have got to all commit to conserving our energy so that we can make the impact that we need to make. Through the holiday season, my anchor also helped me say no to things. Yep. You know, there were opportunities that came up for me to go do things or to eat things or to sit on the couch and veg out to YouTube for whatever. And I didn't. Right. Whereas I might have before because it would have just been the easiest thing. Yeah. And that was not going to get me where I wanted to go. Yes. I'm so with you. And so, Okay. And this is this is what I think is so beautiful to think about as someone that is podcasting like we are, to think about our listeners and to know that that they are like us and mm-hmm. that they are on this conscious, perhaps spiritual path that I'm so feeling. I'm feeling that root to rise. I'm feeling that women rising and it's not like in a um takeover kind of way but just in a mm-hmm. i'm gonna oh, envelop yeah. you basically. i'm enveloping you with my energy and you're going to love it so i i have this vision of our audience being these women that are just like glowing from the inside out I love thinking about that. So I love that too. And, and one of the messages that comes along with our anchoring practice is the belief and the confidence that we are enough already. 
neither you nor I felt the need to improve ourselves or change ourselves in order to achieve our anchor. I came into my holiday with full confidence that I had something to offer and the same respect for the people that I interacted with. And, and if there's one message that I want to just coat anyone who is listening to this with, it's you're enough already. You are enough to do the work you're here to do. And whether that is just to look deeply into your children's eyes and to love them with everything that you have, to support a friend or a sibling who's struggling with addiction, to be the resource for your spouse, to deal with a job that makes them unhappy, whatever, whatever it is that you're called upon to do in your life that is your meaningful purpose, you are already enough. So let's stop improving ourselves in 2019 and let's just get out and get it done. Yeah, I love it. Yes. We're a sisterhood. We are. It's all good good in the sisterhood. For sure. All right. All right. Till next time. Yes. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.